Welcome to Sound and Vision, conversations with contemporary artists and musicians about the creative process. Here's the host of Sound and Vision, Brian Alfred. Sound and Vision is sponsored by Golden Artist Colors. Manufactured in upstate New York, an employee-owned company, Golden makes the best acrylics, oil paints, and watercolors that you can buy. You can find them in your local art store, or you can find them online at goldenpaints.com. There's only about one week left for my show that I curated Sound and Color at Miles McHenry Gallery. You can check it out at 511 West 22nd Street, and the show is on view through the 19th of December. The show is an exploration of the ways in which artists grapple with picturing sound and its relationship to images, and how artists can use the element of sound to heighten the dynamics of an image. Some of the artists included in the show are Danny Farrell, Dominique Fung, Carl Funk, Rico Gatson, Jenna Gribben, Justin Liam O'Brien, Danielle Orchard, Richard Phillips, Hiba Shabazz, Guy Yanai, Devin Shimoyama, Eric Denbregen, and others. You can check out the show at Miles McHenry Gallery, and you can check out the virtual page for the show on the Miles McHenry website. Martine Johanna is an artist who lives and works in Zetten in the Netherlands. She's had exhibitions at Massey Klein Gallery in New York City, Massey Lubin Gallery in New York City, Spoke Art in San Francisco, Brightside in Amsterdam, Hashimoto Gallery in San Francisco, and many more. Her work has been covered in Metal Magazine, Boom, Juxtapose, Contemporary Art Curator Magazine, and Beautiful Bazaar, to just name a few. She also records music under the name Ghost Mother. I caught up with Martine from her place in the Netherlands for a talk about being connected, singing Elvis a cappella, social media, making music, painting as escape, and much more. Here's our conversation. You can't judge a book by its cover. No, absolutely not. Yeah, some people do have really strong personalities online. You know, like their their visual presence is, and now with videos and stuff, you know, yeah, like you feel like you you know this person, but um, you know, it's always different. I I love listening to comedians talk because oh yeah, they always yeah. say that they always say that thing where like oh people think we're funny every second of the day, and a lot of them are just totally straightforward in interviews, but then when they yeah. you know go on stage, they that's when they light up. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, uh, uh, sometimes people forget it's also work yeah. or like a, a role you play. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like you're not that all the time. Yeah. So, well, I guess I, I wanted to to start off by talking about the music part. I mean, how because you sent me, you know, a link to some of your tracks, but how much. How big is music in your life, and is it something that people know that you do, or do you try to keep it separate? It's actually quite recent. Uh, mm-hmm. So uh, I began uh, making music, yeah, maybe half a year ago, something like that. And uh, music has always been really important, but more listening. And, uh, right. Because I, I love music and uh, film and, you know, anything that 
creates this world that you can be in or be part yeah. of. But I, I didn't know I could sing. So a friend of mine said, I think you can sing. <laughs> <laughs> you so didn't try I, <laughs> no, <laughs> no, I didn't. <laughs> so it was really funny. I uh, sang a song in the bathtub in my iPhone, actually. I'm looking if it still works. Yeah, it does. And uh, yeah, uh, yeah, and it sounded quite nice. So uh, I sent him the song and I sent it to my husband. And uh, my husband actually started to cry, <laughs> which was oh, really sweet and nice. <laughs> funny. Yeah, he's like, you can sing. <laughs> We've been together it for like... Funny. 13 years. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And all of a sudden you're like, oh, you can do that. I yeah. Know. Yeah. And he's a musician as well. Like he's an artist and a musician. So uh, uh, it kind of opened up this whole new world also for me. So I yeah. just started experimenting, also working together with other starting musicians. I still do that. And uh, yeah. it's just, um, I really like it. I really like it. I think it's so different from painting and really drawing is. and writing. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So it's another expression, you know. I like right. all these different expressions a lot. So definitely. So as someone who's been a big music fan, I assume yeah. since you were very young. Yeah. Um, would and then you find out in the tub oh i can i can do i can sing you know like do you yeah. like how do you come to cuz a lot of times when people you know they get inspired to play or write music through early on like getting really into music and it kind of just starts with like oh i want to pick up a guitar too or i want to play the drums you know uh -huh. and so your your tastes kind of get molded by your growth of listening through different genres and stuff but coming True. to it a little later on when you thought, oh, I can sing, now how did you think to shape that into songs? Like, there must have been a lot more for you to kind of pull from as far as your influences. Yeah. I think uh, it started a little bit with, I'm, uh, I've been drawing a book. It's behind me. Uh -huh. It's all drawings. Oh, and, um, yeah, yeah. Um, it's called Ghost Mothers, and my uh -huh. artist's name. Uh, is ghost mother <laughs> uh, my, uh, from the singing um, but I think it's that storytelling and the writing I was doing a lot of writing and I thought like uh, some of these texts could be really nice to sing and I like this sort of moody atmosphere and very intimate atmosphere yeah. as well that really draws you in and uh, I don't know it, I just um that's the way I like to make music. I actually also, which annoys the hell out of my friends, like uh, I don't uh, keep a rhythm. <laughs> like I have a hard time also keeping notes or uh, like quarter rhythms or like all these yeah. rules. I don't like rules, like permanently, like everything. I don't like rules right, at right. all. No rules for uh, me. <laughs> no rules, no. Just I, I want to do it by intuition. But uh, uh, somehow it works. So uh, for me, it works. And I really like that. But I have a small anecdote. Yes. Why I haven't been singing for such a long time is because when I was 15, I was in a sort of a um, disco uh, party, like high school party. 
Yeah. And I had to come on stage and uh, somebody gave me a microphone and said, uh, you have to sing this Elvis song. <laughs> Wait, <laughs> Love Elvis? Me tender- yeah, Elvis. The, yeah. the disco <laughs> remix of that? <laughs> no, like, actually, no, the tr- there was no music with it. I had to sing Elvis, like, Love Me Tender. And I've never Acapella. heard, yeah, oh I never heard that song before, <laughs> like, at a party. So I was singing that song and I sounded like a sheep. So uh, like, eh, <laughs> or a goat or <laughs> something related yeah, to yeah. that. And since then, I was so embarrassed that uh, they, had to, they were measuring like uh, the clapping afterwards because it was some uh-huh. kind of contest that I was suddenly oh, right. in. I wasn't aware of it. And then uh, there was only one little boy <laughs> applauding. <laughs> and he was uh, from my school and he was in love with me. <laughs> so he was like, yay, clapping. <laughs> and, uh, but I was so embarrassed by that. And it was videotaped. And my oh, parents geez. laughed so hard when they saw the videotape. And I decided never to sing again. Oh, my gosh. Until Stage half drama. a year ago. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, the bathtub's uh, the best place to give it a go, right? There's no exactly. One, not, there's no one there. <laughs> yeah. It's a, and it's good acoustics. It can give you that kind of Absolutely. Uh, confidence. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And I think also, you know, at that age, you're very brittle. And uh, yeah, I thought like, no, that's not for me. So Now, the music that yeah. you've been doing, you know, those tracks that you're recording, have are you doing or thinking about playing out at all? Or is it pretty much just... You know, bedroom recording stuff. Uh, no, I, I, uh, I now have, I'm sitting uh, sort of in my studio. <laughs> I have a studio right. set up here as well. So I, I could have chosen to speak into a microphone, but it's, <laughs> I, I haven't. <laughs> but it's, uh, no, I, I actually really want to make, yeah, maybe an album or something, but I'm still working on it. Also, I've made an audio book. Or I'm making an audiobook of the book behind me, the nice. drawn book, uh, and the the audio is different than so the drawings in the book are different, but in the same world uh, as the text. Mm-hmm. So it's a different version, the text version and the drawing version, and the right. f- version that is audio is also different again. So it's like three different perspectives from three. Yeah. three different influences and they all come together in one sort of realm or world and um, yeah so also doing the audiobook which is nice with like sound effects and trying yeah, w- will there so, be any singing in the audiobook or music or is no, it just purely narration purely, yeah the, st- the story and uh, I tell it like uh, really like I'm there in the right. story which is yeah. Well, yeah, it's awesome to do. Yeah, it sounds great. Maybe the fourth iteration could be the sort of the album, which is the book, which is the images played to music and song. Yeah, actually, and you could the, go full circle. Yeah, uh, there are two songs: uh, "Walls" and um, uh, what was the other one? I have to <laughs> uh, "Paths." Paths. Right. <laughs> uh, they are. They could be from the book. Like it has a little bit of that narrative and the atmosphere. Now, I think I think uh, you'll recognize it as an artist that uh, once you're making something, doing something is um, 
it sort of immerses your whole world. Like everything you are totally. doing uh, is related to the stuff that you're making. So it's, I think it's uh, influenced anyway. Yeah. Yeah, it's funny how when you when you're working on something like that, all the tangential stuff in your life starts to connect to it in some way or another, right? Absolutely. Yeah, or it explains the work afterwards what you're doing. Yeah. yeah like, definitely. oh, oh my god, I was busy with something like that and 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 influences and now I see it back in my work. But sometimes when you are working or making right. something, you are not aware of it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, you kind of have that realization. I mean, I, ideally, that's what the value of art, right? You, you're building these worlds, and then they say something. They make you have a deeper understanding of the world that you're inhabiting, you know, in one way or another. Yeah, it's really reflective. Ideally. And it's, uh, yeah, and uh, it, it shows the world to a looking glass that's not so direct and... Uh, uh, registering like you know the internet or uh, I don't right. know it's uh, yeah it's sort of also without uh, judgment which I like a lot when you make art yeah it's not definitely. that judgmental uh, maybe not for everybody but uh, it's sort of an open view which is really hard nowadays to have you... an open view oh totally yeah <laughs> Yeah, everyone's got, there's a view on everything at all times. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and everybody's right. When did you right. <laughs> get the idea for the book? Right, yeah, totally. Uh, the idea for the book, so it's called Ghost Mothers. Um, I started drawing these A3 drawings, like really harshly with a pencil, uh, mm-hmm. of this woman that sort of represents me, but also women from my past. Because uh, I was doing, at a similar time, I was doing a genealogy of my family and only the mm-hmm. feminine side. So I was looking into all the females in my past, so from my mother's side and from my father's side. I went back until about 1565 or something. Wow. And uh, all those women had really harsh lives. Like they lost a lot of children. Like the further you go back, lost a lot of children. They died young. And uh, it was a real big difference with the men. And the thing that stood out for me also was that most of the times in the archives, the women's names were spelled differently every time. So the men's names were always correct. But the women's names, every time a child dies or, you know, it's registered. But with the women, it didn't matter that it was spelled differently every time. And I found that... Yeah, and it's uh, sort of that role in history of women that they didn't really matter and still they matter less than men. I, I know I'm saying something big, but it's, it's true. Uh, and and it's, you know, it's not a given as a woman, woman to have the same success or um, yeah, the, uh, options in life. Yeah, always. So, and 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 I don't know. It sort of underlines that feeling for me. I myself had a bit of a, a difficult childhood. I grew up in a really religious village, and um, my parents were quite uh, modern. Uh, 
So I, I had a, a lot of stuff happen to me from that perspective of when I grew up. I also write about it in the book. So the book is uh, part uh, memories, it's part fiction, and it's part um, sort of a dream world, because I dream a lot, yeah. very vividly. And uh, uh, I really noticed when I was becoming from a child, I was becoming like a teenager and a woman. All of a sudden, there was a lot of stuff that I wasn't allowed to do anymore. And uh, But my brothers, <laughs> they were fine. <laughs> so, And I just couldn't grasp the concept why that was. You know, that as a woman, you are often more in danger. You have to take better care of what people say about you, your reputation, and blah, 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 blah. So that was really frustrating for me. And um, I think that stayed with me uh, for the rest of, well, until now in my life. So the book uh, sort of, it doesn't really reflect on it. It just describes and it gives uh, the feeling of how I felt uh, back then, but also yeah. how I feel like I and so many women are part of that bigger uh, story that all of us have to deal with this thing uh, right. uh, that is completely different than when you're a man. And uh, I think differences are fine. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I play with it also in my work with colors and that are f- often seen as very feminine. And uh, I don't mind that. Like, I don't need to be a man <laughs> or to make tough work, you know? I just make right. what I make and it should be valued just as much uh, well, I feel like as that, any other work. That, that sort of quote-unquote tough iconography or like the gender roles of color and stuff, that's just all tradition stuff that's yeah. become kind of like this latent... Just like, like you were saying, this whole hierarchy of gender and, you know, how women have often been cast as you know aside even though ironically women are the ones who are generating life and giving birth and caring for you know what i mean it's they're they're just kind of like off to the side and something like a tradition like that of like where women always not always but most of the time just take the man's family name so their name is erased it's just this tradition thing that is so you know, blatantly sexist in a way. It's like the man, you just take the man's name. You're now yeah. part of that name, you know? And I've always thought it's great that like a lot of artists, women artists will not take the name. You know what I mean? They keep no, the, the creative either. people, like actresses. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, we'll, I don't, we'll I don't name. either. <laughs> I will keep my own name. The, f- right. the thing is, it's still the name of my father though. But uh, uh, yeah. So right, but um, there's there's slight empowerment in it. It's not a total. Yeah, yeah. but that's uh, the, the thing is, uh, like I don't even mind. Like I f- think people should have the freedom to do whatever they want. Uh, yeah. In in a sense, as long as it's not cutting off somebody else's freedom. Right. Uh, I think everything should be possible. So I'm not a black and white thinker. I'm really gray thinker. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, um, but the the thing is that uh, once you start putting value to some things, like a value, of course there will be values always, but to uh, that feminine is sort of uh, 
too feminine. In the art world here in uh, in Netherlands, it's also quite traditional. And here it's still like the bad boy perspective. When you're a bad boy, it already says in the name, <laughs> only for boys, <laughs> uh, then you're like successful artist. And it's, it's strange because oftentimes also the more um, expressive you are, like if you... If we, if we took gender out of the equation and you just have uh, that people are either introverted or extroverted, often the extroverted people are the ones that are more successful because they're better at networking or being seen. Right. But then the, the sort of introverted individual maybe makes much better art. You yeah. don't, you know, totally. but it's like, a, yo, hey, I'm here. <laughs> I'm not like that, by yeah. the way. I'm uh, quite introverted, but uh, <laughs> and uh, I, I, I also stay away from competitions, from prizes. Uh, I've been asked for television programs and stuff, but I, I just don't want to do that. I just want to make uh, what I make, and I don't want it to be like a competition for attention or, um, yeah, I don't. As yeah, long I, as I'm happy t- with what I do. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Yeah. No, no, I was just going to say, I often tell students that, you know, those who show a sort of hesitancy to want to partake in the whole, like getting themselves out there and networking and, you know, being an extrovert, which you, is part of that process, right? Yeah. And I always tell them that it, it well, part of it is too, that if no one sees your work like if you're an amazing artist and you're just in your cave you know Uh studio and you never come out and no one ever you don't talk to anyone or show anyone then of course no one's going to see the work or champion it because you kind of have to be on people's radar at the same time and a lot of times people will say that's nepotism or oh you just know the right people but if the quote-unquote right person is curating something or putting something together but they've never seen your work or don't know you how are they going to know to put you in that thing. So part of it is a necessary evil, I think, to just at least yeah. be visible. But nowadays, one would think that the advantage of technology, there's several disadvantages, but the advantage is, is that you can be visible without having to be running around and going to cocktail parties or schmoozing or whatever, you know. Absolutely. And I, I think I'm, uh, I've been very lucky that I just uh, started out 10 years ago when there was, you know, the social media outlets were coming to life and uh, so I kind of grew with it Uh, so you know I have an Instagram and it's being followed and uh, that's how also galleries found me Uh, and I I think that's you know it's it's harder now I think when you're an artist or emerging artist now or you're starting out just now it's much harder to get into that uh, type of game because you know you've seen the social dilemma probably uh, yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> who hasn't right so right. <laughs> uh, and it's uh, you know it's much harder now to um, be noticed and it's also also again a popularity contest so that's harder I, f- I think I've, I have a lot of people that follow me followed me since the beginning and I'm really grateful for that. I also have contact with like collectors and they really stick around and um, and the gallery people as well. I, I love them so much. I really like to work with nice people. Yeah. And 
uh, and I've yeah you you need to do it but I'm not <laughs> I don't know if you do you know that I am I'm I have ADD like attention I've deficit disorder yeah yes. yeah <laughs> yeah yeah uh, I talk about it sometimes uh, <laughs> I'm a I'm a disaster at gallery openings uh, when people ask me like who's your favorite artist or I just uh, oh, that question I draw a blank. <laughs> I draw a blank. <laughs> I'm like, me. oh just, yes, to say me. this guy is my favorite artist. This is my favorite movie. What's it called again? My favorite actor, <laughs> you know, screenwriter, uh, writer, whatever. Uh, so everything, I draw a blank at the spot. Yeah. And because then I, I get too nervous. And uh, so, and my husband always remembers all the names. Uh, I always remember all the content, but yeah, who cares if you don't know the name, right? So I, I don't it's know. It's such a I, funny I, question to ask someone at their opening. Like, who's your favorite artist? <laughs> yeah, oh, well, it happens. Could you imagine? Could you imagine going to see a band play, and then after you you get backstage and you're able to talk to the you know the singer and be like, so who's your favorite band? It seems like an odd question at the time. <laughs> it is, yeah. It is actually yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, yeah the, openings uh, I think yeah. are, are a tricky thing, anyways. You know, but yeah, it's interesting yeah. like, when you were talking about the social media thing. It, the one thing that I've been thinking about recently is kind of how it changes because, like you were saying, a lot of now a lot of dealers and collectors and people are active online. Yeah. So there, whereas maybe the collectors used to just go to specific galleries and say, "Okay, who's the artists who are interesting still- or relevant." I now think it's, it's much about fifty-fifty. Yeah, I think it is fifty-fifty. Right. Yeah, like they often discover you through the gallery still, and uh, or an article or something like that, and then they find you on the internet. I mean, that's really yeah. easy. Um, but before that, yeah, it was really kind of who knows who, like. In my personal experience before the internet, a lot of galleries would take on an artist because someone else that they showed would say, oh, you got to check out this artist. They're really great. You should go check out their studio. And then they would go and it was kind of this word of mouth thing. Whereas now it could just be like, oh, wow, look at all the followers this artist has. Like they have, you know, hundreds (laughs) of thousands of people looking at their work, which is probably good to sell work. But the metric has changed in a way because like you said it kind of creates this popularity contest which could just be based on you know something that may not be um yeah that work is the most relevant or the most engaging conceptually or you know what i mean it's just a lot of people like the look of that work yeah and it's also a trap door because it's uh, a lot of the followers are not followers they are bots so when you don't engage enough on Instagram, when you don't do three posts a day and people don't engage in it enough, it's really three posts a day. I, I don't even want to do that. That's a lot. That's a lot. <laughs> I think three a month is a lot. <laughs> so uh, a day? Jesus. <laughs> yeah, they try to force you to do that. But um, yeah, so it's also fake. Right. You should never look at the follower numbers. You just should look at the work and see if you like it. Exactly. And, uh, and that's why you follow it, not because of the numbers, because it's um, it's a scam. Uh, yeah. I'm very aware of it, so I don't really try to look at the numbers uh, because it drives you crazy. I, my numbers have been dropping since my last solo, 
because I haven't been engaging because I'm not really making something yeah some like loose works but I'm not I don't want to be online all the time so I see it, like a yeah. hundred people disappearing a week <laughs> but they are not people <laughs> they are the bots right. yeah, <laughs> and if they are the people that's fine too I'm, I'm okay with that you know I know people that really like to work will follow you anyway and uh, yeah it's you know it's fine I just don't want yeah, to I worry mean, I, too much about it. I don't think you can. It's it, I'm not to be annoying with the music references, but I'd rather play a smaller club, you know, like the Bowery Ballroom yeah. or something, than like Madison Square Garden. Yeah, because there's real you know, engagements. Yeah, yeah, you feel like oh, these people are really here to see me, not just like oh, I'm, you know, this my band is the it band. Like you, you just have to go see them or whatever. Like I would yeah. feel better, I think, about playing those smaller venues. Yeah, and I think the yeah that's uh, the music reference. Yeah, it's funny. I don't want to be. I'm not gonna ever be Ariana Grande or, or something. I don't even know if no. I pronounce it right. Sure, that's, that's fine. <laughs> it's fine. You meant Taylor uh, Swift, right? <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> I don't listen listen to either of them, which which is, I mean, uh, bless them. But uh, uh, I think it's fine too if you're. But it's all. I think the whole popularity thing is really messing with people's minds, and uh, it. Uh, I think uh, like watching the social dilemma, for instance, it's just it underlines everything you already know, and uh, yeah, I don't know what the cure is, but yeah, don't mind it too much. For like students that are starting out, just try to be authentic and uh, not by uh, doing drugs or being the bad boy. <laughs> right. Just making making cool work and try to find your own handwriting. It's not always you know copying other people's work or you see that a lot. You just have to find your own sort of way of translating what you feel or see. Yeah. Totally. Yeah, but don't you feel like that's harder for young people these days? I, it's weird because I, I mean, I grew up without the internet and social media and all that stuff. So I feel like my core sensibility is more like it's better if you're making something that not everyone is into because then you're probably yes. doing something that's pushing the envelope. You know what I mean? I mean, it's just that uh-huh. kind of avant-garde sensibility of like, I mean, you know, like I the jazz that yeah, was amazing yeah. was the jazz that pissed off the crowd. Not like the you know the singer songwriter who was just pleasing everyone. Uh, in the in the character of the artist, just generalizing like completely now. But you have this thing where the artist always feels different, and they, right. the artist always feels like they see things differently. They are different than everybody else. That of course has to do with that your reflection on the world is not uh, about generalizing or. You know, the status quo. The, yeah, it's not about status yeah. quo. It's about seeing things differently. I think nowadays a lot of uh, young people are like, I want to be an artist. I want to make the prettiest thing. And they stop thinking at that point. They just yeah. want to make the prettiest or they want to copy the thing that's most successful or want to copy the thing that's most abstract. And uh, they don't think about how they feel about the world. So yeah. uh, I also was a teacher uh, for t- 10 years. Um, and uh, uh, my husband still uh, does that. And um, I always liked to, to do the research 
um, uh, um, exercises where they had to research their own fascinations and their own obsessions, even if they were creepy or strange or, (laughs) you know, something about how they look at the world. Right. And oftentimes, even if it's third or fourth year students, they have never done that in the academy nowadays. And I'm like, I don't, it's not championed anymore though. (laughs) No, but it's, that is the most fascinating thing about the artist that the artist has its own scope and makes you look at things differently instead of trying to create these narrow pathways where everybody's like, yes, I choose this path, this path of taste, this path of opinion, and everybody else wrong. (laughs) Right. You know, it doesn't work like that because then you fall apart as a community. And I think art, art is something that binds people together from different political views, different opinions. And, you know, uh, I, yeah. I totally agree with you. One of the ironies of that is that if you think about back in like, say that, you know, the fifties and sixties, when there was like art movements, say it's like yeah. color field painting or abstract expressionism, people reflect on those times and be like, Oh, it was such a narrow path of like what you could do as an artist that was considered relevant, you know? Yeah. But looking back on it, it seems like, Oh, those were people who were just trying to push things into a different direction. Whereas Absolutely. nowadays you can kind of make any artwork you want. It could be figurative. It could be abstract. It could be installation. It could be, you know, but yeah. I feel like creativity is, is really linked to popular culture much more these days. And yeah. it's just as drive to be as popular as you can be, or like to get the mainstream thing is the big goal or to get the popularity. And I yeah. don't think it's a coincidence that everyone is trying to, constantly share their life and show themselves like look what i ate and look what i did today and look at my curated life you know but it's weird it's almost like it flipped it opened up in a way but in a way that kind of narrowed it even more oh yeah absolutely and also the thing like with the concept of pretty and beautiful um which is a natural thing that we've all had since you know we stood up right. right. <laughs> it's like you, you choose the prettiest uh, person because they are most, uh, how do you say that? Uh, um, symmetrical. Their face is most symmetrical. That's how it starts. It's it's like in our yeah. gene pool. Right. And, and that is the danger because then um, you get this sort of almost, uh, yeah, yeah, it's a little bit wrong to say. Uh, maybe like Ubermensch idea, mm-hmm. like that it should be the the sh- you know the shiniest object in the room, right? But the shiniest object in the room never uh, creates discussion, and discussion is also something that's not possible anymore <laughs> somehow. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> we're we're really in a big mess. I think we're also not i mean we're doing really well as uh, uh mankind but we're also doing really badly really poorly i remember the times you know my mom and dad were from a difficult or a different political party uh mm-hmm. and they would have discussions at the table but they still loved each other <laughs> right you know yeah, it yeah. was possible to have different opinions about things and also have discussions and you know find some sort of middle ground and uh it, 
yeah, it seems like now every word is weighed and, uh, you know, uh, everybody tries to be woke or whatever. I think woke is the other name for the shiniest object in the room. Um, And, you know, there's no uh, discussion possible because everything... The individualism is kind of robbed a little, right? Yeah. So things like punk movement or, you know... uh, things that are sort of anti-society in an idealistic way Mm -hmm. are now not cool anymore, I can tell you. I I don't think it's... I don't think it's... It's just moronic. (laughs) I'm sorry. But when I see protesters, you know, protesting, one group is protesting the other on the streets during corona times... And I'm thinking like, yeah, half of you is going to die. Uh, for what ideals? Right. Because you're in this rabbit hole and the other group is in the other ha- rabbit hole. And you're never going to find each other, you know? Yeah, yeah. So it's, it's uh, you, can't, you can't win. And, uh, it's difficult. Yeah. I mean, that's one would hope that art is a place where some of the gray matter can live and it's not black and white, you know, and... And there's yeah, and just, sort of like things aren't defined. Like you have to explore into it. I mean, yeah, and not, it gives not to you sound room too to romantic about it. <laughs> oh, but it is. Yeah, it can't escape it. Art is romantic. Even shit art is romantic. Sorry, <laughs> but it's uh, uh, the, the I think thing is our quote. For <laughs> yeah, even shit art is romantic. But the thing is, like, uh, it is uh, room to breathe. Art is room right. to breathe. Everybody calms down, have a discussion, have a cup of coffee and uh, go your own uh, separate ways again, you know? Yeah. Have a room for experiments, room for discussion, room for other opinions, uh, uh, give each other breathing space. Yeah. And escape too, right? Because didn't you sort of yeah. turn the art to escape like, you know, your... Well, a lot of people do in their childhood. It's like an escape. It's like an imaginary place to go away from the day-to-day stuff that you want to try to get away from, right? Yeah, yeah, I do that as well. When I paint with the bright colors and it's all childhood memories that I paint with, uh, color-wise. And and it's uh, the one thing that completely makes me calm to do that. So... uh, and create these worlds that can be interpreted also. Yeah. Well, clearly you were all, you're, you're very talented at representation and painting. You seem to be very facile at drawing and painting. Was that something that always was there? Were you just good at it as a kid or is it something you just worked really hard on? Did, uh, did art come naturally? I think it was my only means of expression because I had a really hard time uh, communicating uh, what I felt. And uh, I'm also high sensitive and um, it's just also so fashionable nowadays, but you know, things are what they are. So I'm really sensitive and um, with the ADD, (laughs) lack of attention, uh, I had a really difficult time at school but I, uh, um, it's not that I'm not smart. I have a high IQ, but um, 
you know, sometimes you have to find your own way. And I'm from a different era than now, of course. And, and for me, drawing back then and painting was uh, my way of calming myself down, uh, of making my own stories and my own uh, world where I felt safe. Yeah. Um, but in a, when you're in a religious community and things are really, you know, about not standing out of the crowd, yeah, then that's the safest place to be, of course. Right. Yeah. Now, did and, you have but, to hide it? No, not necessarily. I would just hide myself in my room <laughs> right. and uh, try to avoid uh, some, you know, some, not always. Uh, if I was outside and uh, I would get into conflict, I, I was a bit of a, I would fight a lot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, literally. <laughs> Were boys. your brothers older? Uh, I have a twin brother, which, and he's completely different than I am. Like he's uh-huh. the opposite. Uh, he's a very, uh, I'm very emotional and he's very not emotional. <laughs> And uh, my older brother was always like uh, fidgeting and like he had his room in the attic and he's really good with technology. We're all Mm -hmm. a little bit autistic and strange. It's a a family thing, like it runs in the family. We're all sort of creative and and, uh, uh, in some ways socially uh, difficult people. (laughs) We're nice people, but we're not uh, the easiest. And uh, yeah, so, and my brothers, I, I remember, you know, I always had to help in the household. They never had to. Yeah. And, you know, so that was another thing that frustrated me. Right. And I, I would ask why a lot, but that doesn't help. <laughs> Parents yeah. didn't want to hear that. No, it's just the way it is, the way things yeah. are. And artists don't like that. <laughs> artists don't like it's the way things are. <laughs> no. <laughs> Again, no yeah. rules. We don't want rules. That's the beauty yeah. of being an artist. For all the things that suck about being an artist, <laughs> at least yeah. you get the whole no rules bit. Yeah, and it's not about, you know, some rules are necessary, you know, to keep people from killing each other. But of uh, besides that, <laughs> you know, and traffic and stuff. You know, you know right. things that are necessary just for, yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, but I imagine that it must feel good for you now in light of what art was to you growing up as this escape in a place where you could exhale, that now you're able to sort of do it and also engage in the world, like share these images and ideas with the world in a way that's not like you're saying, like you don't have to be out at an opening every night, you know, walking your art around or whatever, but people can find your work and sort of have this dialogue, but you're able to spend your time like being creative in your studio and just doing what you're driven to do. Absolutely. It's almost like heaven in a way I would imagine. Yeah, it is really nice. Although I really miss teaching. I don't know. uh, Uh, I liked uh, the balance a lot because when you do the art thing and it is wonderful and I have all the sort of time in the world to do it yeah. but it's also always about you right because yes it's about the world but it's always about you because it's your view and what I liked about teaching so much is that it wasn't about me 
It was about the student that was in front of me and how to help them develop further and get their own insights and, you know, having some sort of a social role that that is about giving more. It's quite an egoistical thing to be an artist. Totally. Uh, <laughs> and, you know, it's all nice and all and... and, and but. Yeah, I don't know. Sometimes it also can feel... uh, If you don't have something like that, it feels really sort of like I'm in this big ego pool swimming around in my own, like, oh, I'm so amazing. (laughs) I don't think I'm that amazing. Me, 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 me. (laughs) Yeah, it's my view. It's my story, blah, blah, blah. I don't know. I think it's healthy to have sort of a balance there. But of course now for a lot of people, it's like... Covid times and yeah, you know the thing, the grass is greener thing, where you think like, oh, if I could be an artist twenty four hours a day all the time, it would be wonderful. It it's not true. You need something in sort of a social perspective to stay, uh, yeah, healthy and uh, yeah, give something back. I completely yeah. agree because I think to be honest. Because being an artist who's self-sustaining and you can just do that yeah. as your job and do it, I think that's such a diamond to find, you know what I mean? That given yeah, the opportunity, most, yeah, right? most artists would take that and say, oh, well, I, I've been, this is a blessing and a gift to be able to like do this work and they, they do it, you know? Yeah. And, but I think that deep down, I completely agree with what you're saying. I think it's that balance that's so important because in my life, I was lucky enough to start showing out of school and I could just quit my job and I was painting basically every day for years and years and years. And it was yeah. the me show. And I'm not like a hyper egotistical person, but I mean, I was just making my work all the time. So I was thinking, oh, I want to make something really good and I hope people like this and I hope this is engaging and it's adding something uh-huh. to the discord of art. You know, it just becomes this voice about you and what you're looking at. And yeah. then I had a kid and then that all left. It, it was like a black hole that just sucked all that out of the room. And then it was like, all of a sudden it was like all about him, you know? Yeah. And the center of the universe wasn't me anymore. And at the beginning it was tough because it's like, oh, I don't have time to work and you fight it and you're like, oh, I'm losing all this time. And then as yeah. it moves on and, you know, and a little while later I started teaching and started coaching um, kids playing soccer. And, you know, it's just, I've... Looking back now, the things that I've done in my art life that aren't about me or my work are the most fulfilling and sort of like soul fulfilling, you know, like teaching. And if I have a student who goes on and does well, I mean, that feels so good or who, you know, I feel like I impact them positively or if I'm coaching a little kid in soccer and I help him like that to me is what it's all about now. And also, you know? don't don't forget, it's the same thing that it's all also in our gene pool that we are social creatures, and yeah. and a lot of people that have uh, jobs that uh, put them like uh, away from people, even like yeah. the DJs, for instance, uh, you know, the big DJs that, uh, for instance, commit suicide because of loneliness. It's, you know. Uh, yeah, you need to have some kind of human interaction that gives you purpose. Yeah, I think it's it's just uh, it's not about being this glorious. Uh, you know, it, also if you read about a big artist that were 
uh, alone a lot and uh, and uh, were put on a pedestal and um, were doing nothing else but their art and being you know um, uh, appraised for it constantly. They were not the nicest people <laughs> or the happiest. <laughs> yes, you know we are all people. I mean, yeah. we're all normal in a sense. And uh, yeah. I think nobody should be put that high on a pedestal because it's not healthy. I, I mean, it's nice to look agree. up to people or have like, you know, examples uh, that you want to live up to. But, you know, glory is, yeah, I don't know. I, that whole thing about, uh, you know, the age of 27. Remember that with uh, <laughs> that people of 27 <laughs> uh, rock and roll uh, lifestyle that you die at uh, oh, 27. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. dude, it's, it's not nice. <laughs> you know, it shouldn't be something <laughs> to live up to and like right, to glorify. Right. It's a strange dynamic. And I, 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 I don't know. It's uh, yeah, interesting. Humankind is interesting. I think it- yeah, I think it really is though built on that ego of like me and like that adulation or needing that kind of, you know. I guess we're all looking for some sort of like fulfillment in one way or another. So of course you could yeah. you could find that fulfillment by having a gallery show where you sell all the work and you get all the reviews and everyone's like you're amazing. Or you could get yeah. that you know same fulfillment by going out and doing like a mural in a community that needs you know and working with kids from like low income or like disadvantaged kids and like doing something creative like that. And that really feel, you know, feeds your spirit or something. They're just different ways of getting, because that still makes you feel good. You just feel good because you're making other people feel good as opposed to just selling work and making yourself feel good. (laughs) You know what I mean? But at the end of the day, you really want to, well, I think a lot of people strive to, to feel that way, you know, to feel like they're making some sort of, impact a positive impact in one way or another whether it's for themselves or for others yeah and i know artists that also uh still work uh you know in a coffee in a cafe serving yeah. coffee because they just like to have human interaction totally. and even though their work is successful uh, i think uh yeah so you know sometimes i'm uh, asked to do like tutorials or i get emails from young uh, people that want instructions or I I tend to not do that, um, which is a sort of opposite of what I'm saying. But uh, I think I, li- I liked uh, teaching a lot because, it, yeah, what I said, it wasn't about me all the time. And then it still is about me, you know. Right. I don't want, yeah, I, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's a complicated thing, the ego thing. Well, that's... Well, yeah, but that's kind of like if you responded to every person who wanted a little tip on painting, that's I'll not sustainable. You job. wouldn't have enough time. <laughs> no. But you might be able to find a way to do something online or some sort of video or something to where you can give people, yeah. but just not every single person. You know what I mean? Or you can teach to some extent yeah. or, or engage in a way that works for you that won't rob you of every minute of your day. Yeah, and I, I think also there it, it depends on what type you are. I know a lot of people that do these tutorial uh, videos, but I uh, when I'm uh, painting, it's a very intimate process. I never paint with somebody around. Yeah. I also don't like filming it. It's like my own private moment where I I try to keep it in my own bubble. Yeah. 
And uh, right. yeah, maybe that yeah maybe that's a thing that I don't like because it's sort of my private process or something. Right. Yeah. Well, maybe maybe. We could, maybe it could be the uh, the Martine Zoom coach series where you just <laughs> zoom in with people and tell them where to. Put. <laughs> you need a little more red. Yeah. In that area. <laughs> I'm not that technical either. <laughs> I develop my own uh, way of painting. So, yeah. Oh, you could be a motivational coach. Go, you yeah. can do it. <laughs> you can do it. Find your inner strength. <laughs> Isn't that the best teacher, Find though? I feel like... Your inner rebel. I, I yeah, but yeah, I yeah. like these conversations as well, like the compliments also. Like, I think it's more about the content than about the technique. I think the technique you can develop your own. Right. But uh, as long as you are aware of the world around you, and do something with it, and the way you look at it. I think that's something, you know, the, the concept uh, phase, it's most interesting. Definitely. Often. Yeah I, f- yeah, I feel like my job as a teacher is when I leave the studio of whoever it is, I want them to yeah. work. Like, they, w- yeah. I want them to want to keep making more work, not, like, yeah. you know, destroying spirits or just telling them, you know, oh, well, this... <laughs> This painting, the palette's too cool. You need to add some warmth to it, or whatever it is, you know, like the yeah, technical stuff. Yeah, or too stuff. girly, or yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Thank God, I've yeah. never said that to anyone in my entire life. Your work is too girly. It happens. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, there's a lot of bad teachers out there, right? Well, uh, yeah, it's uh, it's uh, it has been uh, quite a topic here in the Netherlands the uh, last couple of oh, weeks. Really? Yeah, because uh, there are a lot of institutes that sort of su- have supported uh, sort of the bad boy uh, attitude and uh, where right. uh, it wasn't safe for female artists uh, or students to be around. But then the the bad boy artists are protected and not the females. It has really? been a That's big thing happening. here. It's still happening, yeah. Oh boy. Yeah. I didn't realize that was a Dutch phenomenon the bad boy well i don't know en- if it's encouraging Dutch. the rebels <laughs> I, th- I think it's uh you know uh, when there are there are sometimes teachers that sort of want to go back in time and see a guy or a student that has that sort of bad boy principle and they sort of want to be in that stream yeah and they get involved in it and then it doesn't matter what somebody like that does; they get protected. Right. It's like a and it's like a nostalgia for reckless abandon. It's in our society absolutely. these days. It's yeah. not really like punk isn't really around anymore. Like punk, punk. No. So if you see no someone like you know someone with that uh, sensibility, that they're going to be like, oh, this is a throwback to when you know when I was a yeah. kid or so you know. Yeah, and it's just so obvious. Yeah. Right. But yeah, I don't know. And I don't want to be too negative. It's, a, it's just a recent thing here. But, uh, yeah, I think it's also uh, something that needs to develop, you know. Also, you know, with the types like introvert, extrovert, being seen, uh, how do you handle stuff like that. Uh, it's something that needs to develop and it's, you know, uh, a lot of things are changing. Um but I, I don't I don't know if the sort of the protest movement where everybody is uh, preaching for their own church, yeah. if that helps. No, yeah. I think we need a little more coming together. 
in the Absolutely. world. You know, yeah. I mean, people have agendas and they have, you know, strong beliefs on what they think is the right thing. But at the same time, it's like listening to other people is important, too, I think. Yeah, it's very important because you have to know the source of where the frustration comes from. Right. And I think that's the most important, not the outcome. Yeah. Yeah. And if you don't talk um, to each other, then you never mm-hmm. get to that point. Yeah, completely. Um, a quick question in regards to the whole teaching thing. Did you, were you teaching, because didn't you move outside of the city? Don't you live? Yeah, now of? for almost three years, I live outside. Yeah. Uh, I left all my friends behind. I was sort of uh, the connecting factor in a, in a way between my friends. Mm-hmm. And uh, they always would come around uh, my place and hang out and uh so I left them <laughs> and now I'm like, uh, I miss them so much. <laughs> oh, yeah. You know, I get visitors. Uh, we get visitors uh, yeah. because we have a nice place and it's in nature and, and, and stuff. But um, it is, I miss, I miss, I don't miss the city, but I miss the energy of the city. Yeah. I miss the, the idea of them when you're in a tram in Amsterdam and you look around and you know that there's stuff going on all around right. you. It's sort of exciting. Even if you don't participate, you are still part of it, you know, when you right. live there. Yeah, yeah. And, and no, here it's like when somebody bikes by, I'm like, a person. <laughs> 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 Which is <laughs> humans. <laughs> so it's, uh, sometimes it's really boring. Like I'm yeah. sometimes... I really miss my friends and uh, uh, the yeah I like discussions and openness and like having fun together and talk about all these subjects and I all my friends are really interested in the world and and how things work and you, you know you get this crazy discussions sometimes I'm I was just a fly on the wall and uh, I, yeah I miss that and now yeah now it's even more with COVID I think a lot of people experience this thing where they suddenly realize how important people are in your life right. for Isn't reflection. Isn't that funny? Like, and at least here, people had this immediate reaction of wanting to get away, to, especially from cities, so you could get out in nature and have some space because yeah. there's no space in the city. And then like, after a few months, people started like pining to be back, even if they weren't going out, to be yeah. back in the city just so they can feel that, like what you were talking about, that energy, you know. It's yeah. like you don't yeah. have to stick your finger in a socket, but if you're standing next to someone who does, you're going to get a jolt from that, you know. <laughs> like you're going to get a little adrenaline. Absolutely. Yeah, I think it's also the energy is most of the time it's optimistic. Like even if there's bad stuff happening in the city, you still have that feeling of we're all in it together. Right. Uh and I think that is also a thing that you don't have on the internet. Right. So no, not the, at all. <laughs> no, and the real world is so much more, you know, you say hi to strangers if it's possible. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes right. you're like, I'm better not saying hi to that person. But, you know, it's, I don't know, it's the vibe. It's you, you just know that people are busy with their work or with making something new or having, you know, a new store or, um, I don't know, uh, working in the garden or so, something. There's always something going on. People are thinking, you can feel the energy and it's just relatable, of course, yeah. because we are yeah. all human. Sometimes I look outside and all I see is a tree and I'm, 
supposed to relate to the tree. <laughs> and like, the tree is not talking back to me. <laughs> so, yeah, it's, it's nice. I, I, lo- I love nature. But it, sometimes it sort of freaks me out a bit to not have that yeah, contact. Be- Even if I'm right. not talking to people, it's just a vibe. And I, I love people. I love assholes. I love, sorry, like not literally, <laughs> but <laughs> people that act like assholes. Right, right. <laughs> please, please don't quote me. Uh, <laughs> and I, I, just, I just really love uh, how crazy people are or how silent or, you know, I think it's amazing to have all these different people. I can really yeah. appreciate people especially now here in the country. <laughs> well, have you been, oh. since COVID has kicked in, have you been doing more sort of online meeting with, with friends and stuff? Have you been using no, that more? Actually, no, twice. Oh, really? <laughs> in a, twice only. Yeah. So I you know. really are disconnected. <laughs> a little bit. No, I, I've actually had visitors because we have quite a big house. So sometimes friends come over and they sleep over. I'll just clean the whole house, make sure they have a separate bathroom and... Yeah, uh, well, we can nice. hang out in a distance, you know. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's really nice. I really like that, and they also experience it as an escape. But now it's become so dangerous that also that has come to a little bit to a halt. Yeah, uh, you don't want to prolong this situation too much. I'm right. really safe, uh, you know, in that sense. I I was already a little bit of a clean freak. Uh, before COVID, like if I would come out of a train, I would always wash my hands. My husband, <laughs> even now, I have to remind him, wash your hands. Right, right. <laughs> You're freaking me out. <laughs> <laughs> I think a lot of people have that. Like uh, my friends are also like really conscious people that are really sort of, you know, world's improving types. So yeah. they also st- stay away a little bit because of that. Yeah. Right. Well, hopefully, yeah. I mean, Hopefully we're on the tail end of all this. I mean, yeah, it could some, be worse. It yeah, could be definitely. in a war. <laughs> yeah, or the the disease could be worse. To be honest, it could just yeah, it could just drop everyone. So at least we're you know, you know, vaccines are coming and stuff. So hopefully things will will be able yeah. to like go out and do you know normal things eventually. Yeah, can I ask you something? You because I was. Can. I was talking to Louis about it. Like we both had the same realization at the same time. Like, is art gonna be relevant in a couple of years from now? Handmade art. What do you think? Of course. What What yeah? makes you? What gave you the sudden inclination that it might not be? I think because of all the digital age. Yeah. The digital oh, no, age think, and the sort of disconnect that people have. I think that'll make it even more valuable. It may not be as um, accessible necessarily, or you know, yeah. it may change its kind of intensity in daily life. But I think it'll become all because let's face it, like of most of the things that we make in life, art isn't necessary. You know, it's never been really needed for our existence. I mean, it's, it is in a way for our soul and for our minds and 
for mm-hmm. culture and but but it's not like water or food so it's always been relevant even in like massive wars or epidemics it survived like plagues and you know yeah. all sorts of stuff so uh, and i i think it will you know maintain and that's coming from someone like i do digital media like i make animations yeah. and video stuff and i make paintings and and yeah i don't think the the handmade thing will ever lose its you know um it's a value to humans yeah yeah i wonder sometimes but uh yeah it depends on where where the world is uh, going to i guess yeah yeah Again, I, I I often in my life draw parallels between music and, and art. And like, can you imagine a world where, like, music isn't really necessary, is it? Yeah. Like, we don't have to have it to live. But yeah. can you imagine a world without music? Well, no I, th- I think also that necessary thing is maybe because we've had art since we could walk up straight. Exactly. And, and singing and dancing and, like, all these expressions. And I think... There is a need for it because it's sort of inherently part of us, of all of us. Like even the, you know, the housewife that paints a rose uh, or somebody that takes a photograph or it just, yeah. it, it's part of our expression. It's what makes us human in a way because, you know, like every yeah. kid picks up a crayon and draws at some point. If not, uh-huh. there's something totally wrong with that household. But, but you know what I mean. It's just the inclination. It's like we, yeah, we make things. I know we so, make pictures. I know some. <laughs> I know some elephants that make art. <laughs> no, <laughs> there are like experiments. Computer computerized art. I find that really interesting. Also. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but elephants, it's, we kind of give them a brush. I mean, they wouldn't be out there painting I on know. canvas by themselves. No, <laughs> but they, they are they wouldn't go to the They wouldn't go to the art store. <laughs> <laughs> to Buy Dick some Blake paints. And like, yeah. <laughs> Grab a canvas on the way to the circus. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, yeah, I think that's what makes us us. So I don't think we'll ever lose that. No, me neither. Uh, we better not. This place is not going to be... I mean, even if you think... It's amazing, too. Even if you think about all the technological developments of with computer and all that, right parallel along with it is sort of artistic endeavors, you know, whether it's video mm-hmm. games or, or virtual reality yeah, dig- environments. Yeah, digital you art, know. like 3D, you see that a lot now, developing. Yeah. Creativity yeah. is just, is part of our evolution, you know, it's whether it's a painting or a sculpture or you know, interpretive dance or playing a horn, uh-huh. whatever it is, it's just something that we, as uh, uh, a species, just do, you know. Yeah. Its value may ebb and flow or its worth or its, you know, sort of cognitive significance might be questioned or, or you know, mm-hmm. leveled. But I, I do, I think it's just something that is, you know, wired into our DNA. And if you think about like a, a parallel you know, these vaccines that they're making for this disease, the way if you've studied or, or looked into the way that they're addressing, thinking about the way body, the body can understand the virus and be warned about it, it's so mm-hmm. creative in the way that they're coming up with these ideas to synthesize a faux virus that looks and acts just like COVID, and, but, but the body can sort of sense that. You know, those, those things are really creative in nature and, and that Absolutely. will actually... Yeah you know, those things potentially save our species in a way. 
Mm-hmm. For how, and basically, what I'm saying is, for how destructive we are as a species, destroying this earth, yeah, so, we're pretty yeah. creative at the same time. <laughs> Absolutely, we do it creatively. <laughs> <laughs> right, we're, we're creative in our destruction. <laughs> Absolutely. No, but sometimes you have to wonder. Also, you know, when you look at uh, really big societies that came down and uh, self-destructed. It was always yeah. at the height of their function. So that's an interesting thing. Definitely. It's like you your highest point before you fall, you know? Yeah, because then that brings you also to the lowest. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So um, well, what do you have? What are you working on now other than a book? And what's the timeline for uh, the book? Do you have like a due date in your mind? Yeah, it's, it should have been uh, done last year. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> But then COVID came. <laughs> now, actually, yeah, I have to reprint a couple of pages. Uh, uh, I have to finish the audio book, like uh, edit it. And uh, as soon as the COVID thing is over, I want to do an exhibition also of the drawings together yeah. with the release of the book. And it's going to be a very limited edition. Uh, and the even more limited edition will get the audio on, uh, on tape. I'm going to mm-hmm. make a cassette just to travel back in time. Right. And uh, yeah, so I'll have download code as well, just to be right. modern as well. But yeah. uh, no, it's, I don't know, a couple of months, maybe. Are, I have are time. You, are you painting? Yeah, we, all, <laughs> we yeah. all have a little bit of time. Now that, yeah. <laughs> do you, are, you, are you painting parallel to working on that? Or are you just kind of focusing on that right now? No, I'm painting also behind me. See you painting. Uh, I'm mm-hmm. uh, just a couple of loose works, uh, um, and I'll have a, an exhibition again in uh, in the spring at Hashimoto mm-hmm. Contemporary from Ken Harmon, San Francisco. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, in San Francisco, and uh, looking forward to that. But uh, I, I I really like to do solo shows because. In, I, I can create my own little world again, right. like several paintings yeah. under one umbrella. And uh, I don't do a lot of group shows because to me it's too loose, like too, yeah, singular artworks. I don't like to do that. I like right. to create stories. Yeah. Um, and then what about music? Are you, are you continually, do, do you do that all the time or does it come in batches do you have like i mean the way we can release things nowadays is so fluid on the internet you know remember when we were younger and people released records (laughs) yeah i remember 10 songs and there was like (laughs) Like, a front to back (laughs) so uh, louis has a little publishing company where also gonna publish the book under and he also releases music sometimes as projects uh and i'm you know, I just make music whenever I feel like it, and I most of it I don't put online. It's just also sort of research for me what what I like or what I like to make. Uh, that's just gonna go on, and uh, sometimes I paint in a day and and I do drawings, uh, or I work on the book, or I write something down, or I'll make music. So it's very all over the place. <laughs> I'm, yeah. I'm quite easily distracted. Unless I have a deadline for painting, then I'll work. Uh, like if I have a solo show, I will work days and weeks on end until it's finished under yeah. pressure, which I like a lot. Because then I have like a, the engine going. 
But yeah, if it's, good it's to like have that loose line. things, yeah, absolutely. Otherwise, I'll just float around in space, which is yeah. fun. <laughs> yeah, it's generative. Uh, That's where a lot of the ideas like percolate in that sort of like so, explo- yeah. exploration space, you know. Also, when I do nothing, like I, I'm never bored. I always do something. But if I'm not making art and I do other stuff, that's always. Sometimes I feel like when the dust is settling, you mm-hmm. learn the most. Yeah, and then when yeah. you start a new painting, all of a sudden you're better at it. I don't know why. Right. It's not because of practice. It's just that you had time to overthink it. Like think, think it over. I mean, not overthink. That happens as right. well. But to think it over and then, you know, all of a sudden you're better uh, than you were before. It's undervalued. I think that's really interesting. Yeah. Reflection, you know. Absolutely, yeah. I think Although that's I why... Refl- uh, oh, sorry, I was just going to say, I was talking to my son yesterday. He's a really good narrator because yeah. he does these videos. Mm-hmm. And um, I was talking to him about slowing down a little bit. You know, because sometimes yeah. on mic, he speaks quickly. And, and I feel like part of that, and the reason that I speak slower now than I did when I was younger, it's just you get confident, you get secure in what you're saying and you think you don't feel you need to rush. And I feel like that's just reflection. Like that's life experience. You can reflect on that stuff and it can kind of put everything into perspective. So when you do make something, you, it's not always about how many things you've done to make it better. It's also about the time you spent thinking about it or contextualizing it. That can really help it move forward in a way. Yeah, absolutely. I think, uh, also, um, Sometimes you feel the urgency to, like, the urge to really put it out there. Yeah. <laughs> and that can be good as well. Uh, right. But quality-wise, or, like, to have time to over or, or to think it over. <laughs> I'm doing it again. Uh, <laughs> I think that... It. <laughs> don't overthink it. I do that as well sometimes. But, um, yeah, I think, yeah, both both things are interesting. Yeah. I think it's a cycle of life too. It's like when you're younger, that energy is so important for discovery. And then as you get a little older, you can slow things down a little bit and kind of like be a little pensive. You know what I mean? It's just like the cycle of life. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, and also that you lose the excitement. I remember my my twin brother, uh, I I didn't see him cry a lot when I was uh, smaller. But there was one day that he was really crying. And I was like, why are you crying? And he said, because I'm growing up. And I'm realizing that (laughs) I'm growing up. And I thought it was so nice. (laughs) Because then, you know, if you're really young, the world is a wonder. And it's like this whole thing that still needs to be explored. And you have this urgency to do that. But then at one point you realize things are not as they seem or they are more normal than you had expected or, yeah. you know. And, and, uh, or you can just understand it in a way. Like I get yeah. it, you know. Yeah, but that also with part of that realization, you also lose a little bit of the excitement because you know too much. I think that's also really interesting Definitely. to sort of find your inner child (laughs) this sounds really yeah floaty but to find that inner child like the excitement of discovery is that i feel like with art we're just trying to get back to that uh, that stage of when it was like you were just discovering things or just 
starting out yeah. and the world was your oyster and everything was exciting and new. And then yeah. you kind of learn the art world or like you learn the process or things like that. And then you're constantly just trying to get that feeling back. Yeah. Well, for sure. And I think, you know, we've also, also as a species had an obsession with youth. Yeah. And uh, that still is going on. I don't think that will ever go away because we are all collectively afraid of death. Everything is so temporary. So you also try to regain that wonder that you had for a really short time. Yeah. And um, again, I think when people would be more open to other possibilities, the world would be so much nicer, you know? Uh, Definitely. Yeah. I think uh, it all ties together, that whole thing of you know, listening and wondering and trying to take other people's views also in and or where it comes from. And uh, that curiosity, I think that's something that needs to be more important. But uh, yeah, who, are, who am I? Uh, I think people are looking sometimes for youth only for the bright and shiny object. Right instead of the curiosity. And I think the curiosity is the thing that keeps us all going. That also is, you know, what you said about technology or medicines or science. Uh, It's so important to keep that alive because it's, you know, it helps us all in the end. Yeah. Or hopefully not the end. (laughs) (laughs) Right, right. It's a sense of wonder. Like it, yeah. to lose that that um, desire to dream would be real. That's I think where art dies. Not when people feel like yeah. oh we don't need real art on walls anymore. I think it's when that sensibility, you know, yeah, dissipates. The key- then that's that's the death of art in a way. Yeah, but you're right. I mean, uh, art is so broad. It is also with music. Uh, you know, uh, I think that's a binding factor, and I have to. I think we all have to believe in that. Uh, that we, that that ties us in together. You know, as a community. Yeah. And uh, hopefully that. Uh, yeah, that will work out. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, I feel, yeah. If I'm being thing, too fake, uh, just say. <laughs> not at all. I don't want to not say this too, because I was thinking at the beginning, that track, the Paths track that you mm-hmm. have, that, did you ever see the movie Waking Life? No. It's like an I animated, it's a, Richard, it's a Richard Linkletter ah. movie. It's like a rotoscoped animated, it's like sort of like about existentialism. But the so- ah. the music in that reminds me a little bit like the piano. And I was ah, thinking yeah. of this, a lot of your um, your work has this narrative that feels cinematic, and then the music yeah. has this feeling of like this cinematic wandering. I like that i that idea that um, you were saying that it's not really on the one. Like the beat isn't necessarily always have to be there. It's a little more flowy and yeah. untied to that rhythmic, you know, order. And yeah. there's something really sort of dreamy and cinematic about that, which I think encapsulates the music you're making and the narrative of the works that you're creating and the abstraction within the sort of representation of what you're doing, it all kind of floats in that. And then your YouTube playlist Uh, of like music was like right in sync with a lot of that 
that vibe. <laughs> you found that as well. <laughs> I did. I did research. Yeah, I just didn't listen. Good to that research. <laughs> yeah, I, I uh, I'm a really visual thinker. Yeah. So everything in my uh, the way I see things, the way I remember things is visual. So I have a f- sort of photographic memory for image. I can't remember names, as I said before. It's, it's right, right. like I have a really difficulty with names because to me that's really abstract. But I think really visual and I think filmic. I also used to teach uh, in filmmaking. So mm-hmm. also the narrative, the storytelling. And uh, I I really love film as well. Uh, like the more obscure films. And, yeah. uh, one of my favorite last year was uh, Mandy. Do you know that one? Oh, Nicholas I Cage it. in it. Oh, yeah, but I didn't see it. Awesome. Yeah. So uh, a lot of films that I like, I have this the same uh, sort of idea that it's organic. I love mm-hmm. organic. Like in my drawing, my drawing is organic. Uh, I, I love how it comes to be something completely new that doesn't exist according to a pattern. And the same yeah. goes with my painting. Also up close, there's no specific pattern in it. It's just... Uh, a play of colors that sort of creates the idea of a person, but it's yeah. f- quite abstract from a close. And I uh, and the narrative—it's all like a dream. And if you well, know, dreams are visual. So right. also how I write is also very. Uh, maybe I, I I'll send you later a, a bit of the text of the of the book could be nice. Yeah. Uh, but it's also very visual. And and uh, yeah, in the track uh, parts, uh, I describe the situation I'm in, and you can almost see it or be there. And I think uh, I like that a lot. That idea of that you can sort of uh, not so much transform, but be transported to a place through art or through film or music or text. Right. I think that's amazing. Yeah, that that, completely. that that is possible. Yeah. I, I have the same with your work. Uh, when I look at it, it's sort of uh, almost deprived of people. Yeah, there's often about yeah. the uh, it's about the place sort of talking about who we are more than yeah, people talking exactly. about who we are. Yeah. I really like that because it's almost an otherworldly view of humanity. And, I, and yeah, yeah I, I really like that idea, sort of the absence. But because of the absence, it's really human. So right, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh, funny because speaking of like youth, I got I was I used to be really self conscious of that because people would always say it's depopulated stuff and there's no people and and then it got in my head because I was younger and I, I just worried. Like, oh, is that bad? And and then I spent like three years painting portraits. I did like 333 yeah. portraits of people. And then I got that out of my system. And then I was like, okay, now I can go back to painting non-people. Yeah, <laughs> yeah but it's, it's deprived of people, but it is people. That's, it's so man-made also. It's, it's really, uh, yeah, I really like that. Thanks. Uh, yeah. So I f- and I think that's the power of art uh, that you create these worlds. And they're all different views. Yeah. And, you know, that's why I like going to a museum and see all these different artists and artworks because you're sort of transported to their place and their way of thinking. And uh, it 
also opens up your own mind to other possibilities. Definitely. And uh, yeah, yeah, that's sort of like a, also about yeah. I think I, everything I make is uh, within the same uh, way of storytelling. Right. Well spotted. <laughs> It, it's it's amazing. It, it really builds like a, the more. I mean, I wish I could see a show of yours with the sound and then see the book all at the same time. Like see all these things in real time yeah. because it it it's so well like becomes this kind of like an all encompassing sort of uh, narrative or or an experience that you know, I guess I'll have to wait for your MoMA show or something when they have all these different rooms <laughs> and we could see it all at the same time. That'll be great. <laughs> yeah, that would be great. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> send them my contact. <laughs> yeah, let's let's send them an email after this. Say, yeah, Look, exactly. It's time. <laughs> yeah. Well, actually, I've been thinking about doing something like that, but uh, it's in sort of development. Because, uh, you know, and, and uh, I don't know how you uh, experienced it, but in my uh, time, like uh, when, when I started, it was, uh, you always had to choose a thing, you know, right. that you're good at. You do this. Painting, yeah, yeah. or you do that. Otherwise, uh, you know, people would say like, oh no, uh, people will get confused if you do different things. Right. They don't know how to put you in a box. Exactly. I don't want to be in a box. Right. <laughs> and why not have different things coming, you know, from the same box <laughs> in different exactly. expressions, but the same world, like yeah. you're completely immersed in it. So I am working on something like that, but it uh, needs some time to uh, develop. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't it funny how when you were in school, they always want you to just narrow everything down. And then when yeah. you get out and you start doing these other things, people are like, oh, it's amazing. They, they work on in this way and they do music and they... It's almost like yeah. you're a renaissance person, but they don't want to encourage that. But if you actually do it and it works, they're like, oh, this is amazing, you know. Yeah, and what you said, it's also so much easier nowadays uh, to put out music or publish a book or a zine. Or, so, it's, you know, there's so much more possible. Uh, I think that's a, the nice thing about this sort of DIY culture that... Um, yeah, it's easier to make things and it's not no longer the official, you know, hierarchy of companies yeah. that you have to go through. You can just be self-published, for instance. It's, I, I, I look at my son's uh, bedroom and I'm like amazed. I was like, if when yeah. I was growing up, if I had those microphones, those instruments, that computer that could record all that stuff... You know what yeah. I mean? Like it's a studio. Like we used to have to pay a lot of money to get like two days in a place like that yeah. just to record stuff. Now people can make albums in their, you know, on their laptop in their bed. Yeah. It's pretty cool. It is really cool. Yeah. I would recommend it to anyone that knows or likes to do that. Yeah, yeah. for sure. And it's not, it doesn't need to be expensive. You can do it in your bathtub with your phone. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. That voice memo app is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you just have to turn the high quality on and then it's ready to go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And don't splash too much uh, with water. <laughs> yeah. Don't get electrocuted. Right. Yeah, You'll have a really short uh, career. <laughs> um, so for people who want to check out your stuff, obviously online, you post things on social media, you have a website. Yeah. 
And then yeah. in real life, like when news comes up, you just post about it. So the best way for them to keep, you know, updated on, you know, yeah, when you're having for shows. For now, it's it's Instagram until something come uh, new comes up, a website that doesn't have all the commercial things and the bots and stuff. Right. I think Instagram yeah. is either coming to an end or they'll change it for good, for the good. Good. Uh, yeah, I don't know how to say that, but. Uh, so hopefully Instagram will get better, but I think it will get worse. So as soon as there is something better around, I'll be on that. But for now, mm. it's yeah Instagram. And also, uh, if you look online for the music, it's Ghost Mother. Very mysterious. Uh, <laughs> n- not under my artist name. No, it's Ghost Mother and then lower slash and uh, or uh, uh, stripe and then music. They can find it. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. Cool. Well, thanks for taking all this time to talk to me. It was great to... Uh, yeah, it was really nice. A lot of philosophy. To do it. Right? I like that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I hope uh, people will enjoy it. Yeah, well... I haven't explained sure. anything about my techniques, which is fine by <laughs> me. <laughs> uh, well, you will say that for your new U- YouTube series of... <laughs> <laughs> tutorials yeah, yeah. on using, using more red in, in the future <laughs> don't wait for it <laughs> right right that'll be your new tiktok platform like 10 second like oh, painting videos TikTok. <laughs> yeah. here's my paint bye <laughs> right <laughs> no uh, yeah so thanks again yeah thank you Recorded, edited, and produced by myself, Brian Alfred. Please go to iTunes and leave a rating and review. If you want to find out more about the podcast, you can check it out on the website, soundandvisionpodcast.com, or on Instagram for some images at soundandvisionpodcast. Make sure if you're out and about in Chelsea, you check out the group show I curated, Sound and Color. It's up for a little while longer. And some of you have asked about my teaching, and you know I allude to that in some of the podcasts. Um, if you're a student and you're interested, check out Penn State University. They have a great program, lots of great visiting artists, faculty, and um, their MFA program is, is funded with assistantships and a lot of opportunities there. So check out the Penn State School of Visual Arts if you're interested in that. Many thanks to Brigine for the intro-outro music, Michael Lovett for the introduction, and Martine for taking the time to talk.